Hey, I'm Clayton. And I'm Sean. And we're men who like men who like movies. We're two queer men who love movies and we love talking about movies. And after a lot of urging, we started a podcast. I know you've been super excited for this one, Clayton. Because I have. You, you talk about this movie far too often. I'm sorry. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I like this movie too. Um, what did we watch this week? We watched 2011's Ty West ghost feature the innkeepers and i love this so much it's one of my comfort watches um i love a good ghost story and i feel like most of them suck and for some reason this one just hits it for me i love it i feel like this and black swan are like (laughs) two of the movies that i just throw on when i just need something um very specific and i just really love this and nobody ever talks about it i feel like it's his most like underrated people either don't like it or they just haven't seen it and I think it deserves to be talked about, so I picked that for this week. And we do have a special guest here with us uh, to talk about the innkeepers today. We have Joshua Tonks, uh, actor, screenwriter, 90s kid, horror buff, unpaid pop music historian, and vampire slayer, which we always appreciate here on the pod. Yes. Thanks for being here, Josh. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for reading my Twitter bio so expertly (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm sorry i was like i have to i um yeah for those that are listening i was like guys just just read my twitter it's fine like whatever (laughs) it's it's all the things you need you know you you know what i you know what i could do i could read things i could read things very well Uh, so what brought you on? What? Why did you want to come and talk about the innkeepers? Oh, he didn't want to talk about the innkeepers. I begged. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so you were... <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so what did you think on the movie then? Well, uh, actually, like, the innkeepers is, is sort of a... I'm not going to say it's like a seminal film in sort of my, my life, but it's sort of... It, it it came out at a time when there was sort of like a transition happening in horror you know i like like my twitter bio said i'm a 90s kid and so i grew up with all the all the kind of kevin williamson scream and post you know uh sort of teen horror movies and fell in love with those but when i actually sort of got old enough to go and start watching these movies that wasn't the style everything was saw everything was these really sort of like grimy 2000s remakes um you know and they were never my my favorites and so when we sort of hit sort of 2011 onwards we we started to get a bit of a shift and i think i'd already seen ty west's house of the devil and absolutely loved it and so the innkeepers was one i would watch quite a lot actually um right after i'd sort of graduated college i'd I'd, I'd pop this on and watch it quite regularly, though I hadn't watched it for a while. And so watching, rewatching it for this was the first time in ages. And it's very interesting to sort of now see the time period and how uh, different it, it feels. But I'm sure we'll get onto all of that. Yeah, I love watching Ty West kind of evolution. His movies are also, I don't know, it's like you can't necessarily tell you're watching a Ty West movie, but I just love, uh, I didn't love The Sacrament, but pretty much everything else he's done i just think he's so good at tension and stuff i just i love it love him he does he's a very he has a very distinct vision on things which i think is really cool um and i you know especially in 
like his films involving more like supernatural aspects like i like how he'll like especially with camera work he'll hold off on things a little bit and i think that's it's it's just a really he's just a really inventive filmmaker and i think he had to be right you know the house of the devil and then this had very low budgets and i think it's a real testament you know what is it i don't know what the the phrase is where it's like limitation helps with invention or something yes it's a seriously it's something that makes you be creative which i really appreciate because there's a level of restraint uh that he displays in both this and in the house of the devil that i find and at the time felt really satisfying it was like oh finally we're going back to something that feels i don't know just something more in tune with what i personally like um and also as a sort of a, a writer and a filmmaker it feels um, attainable. It feels like, oh, if he can do this, then I can do that. And I can write something that's one location and that has a limited amount of actors and it still be entertaining and, um, you know, not boring and, and all of that stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, I think I think they filmed this in like two weeks or something crazy. And I was counting uh, the cast. I mean, obviously, it's basically a three-hander, but to, I mean, including extras and everything, there's like 16 people. And we're just at the hotel the entire time. Well, I mean, I guess we go to the coffee shop for two seconds to say hi to Lita Dunham for whatever reason. But, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, also, strange. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so jarring every single time. <laughs> yeah. We should have um, we should have played uh, Lena Dunham Bingo. Like, who's going to bring it up first, and how quickly? Because we're like, barely yeah. five minutes in, and we brought up Lena Dunham. Because it's so like, oh, because she was so huge at the time, or like at least I know. I was after. trying to think. I was like, when this came out, when did girl? I can't remember when girls started. I think this was before that. Twenty twelve. Like, yeah. So it was like right before. Yeah, <laughs> because they were all friends, right? So like this kind of like group of people that, um in this i guess it was the the sort of mumble gore subgenre that was happening in horror at the time where there were these sort of like indie filmmakers coming in and we you know we ended up getting um adam wingard and simon barrett doing um your next and the guest mm-hmm. which became two of my favorites and and this uh you know this and house of the devil was sort of ty west sort of double whammy as well and Uh, this is where i rediscovered my love for horror again i was like oh things that are coming out that are modern um are something that really appealed to me and i would actually say that the sort of 2010s that entire decade is uh, outside of maybe the 1970s is my favorite decade in horror I i love what we got i do too i think the filmmakers that came out of that decade are fantastic i mean i still like a lot of the stuff that they're doing and i mean Ty West itself. I mean, some of my favorite movies from last year were X and Pearl. Um, yeah, it's just phenomenal. I love the stuff that they were doing, and it's just really exciting. I like watching all of their careers. Yeah, and I mean, I like you said, you said Mumblegore, and I mean that includes Amy Simons, and you know, like it's there's so many like a lot of these people are starting to really hit their stride, and they're really becoming big names in the industry, which is nice to see because it's you know they may have started it small but i'd like to see what they can do with something big <laughs> you know well, i mean yeah, if, you, if you look at budgets even pearl and x i mean which are you wouldn't think they were you would think they would cost a ton more than this but they really didn't and yeah i just it's it blows me away what people can do with movie making 
Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I guess with the sort of um, the the rising popularity at this time of sort of the the sort of big superhero movie, we we don't get the movies don't get made like they did sort of in the 90s and the early 2000s where you would have a mid-budget movie that's sort of like i guess between like 10 and 70 million sort of within that that vibe Mm -hmm. you know we we don't get that anymore and so these filmmakers had to become really savvy because shooting schedules got shorter budgets just became non-existent and a lot of the time it becomes you've got to do it for yourself um so seeing these uh you know these movies um you know like the innkeepers is really really inspiring um i I can imagine it can be a little frustrating (laughs) you know having been so (laughs) limited um but it's yes certainly inspiring oh for sure um oh my goodness what was i gonna say i had something really brilliant and it just completely slipped away from me a jewel Um, a gem that was uh, i know for the rest of my life yeah and now i'm just never gonna remember it um (laughs) Oh my god! My mom always <laughs> oh, said it. I remember what it was. It was it was a gem, and I was like, and then we've got cats with a hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which turned out so spectacularly. Um, I actually think that is high art. It exists out of space and time. Uh, it's it's a... <laughs> He's watched that far too many times, Josh. Far too many. It's times. horrible. It is like, so horrible. It is. Fr- <laughs> and he'll be all like, "I'll be like, what are you watching?" He's like, "Cats," and I'm like, "Why? Like, why again?" <laughs> like, it's like, horrifying. I, I can't look like, away. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it for a while, like especially when it came out, he was just like every like three to four days a week he was watching cats i like, probably watch why it why are you watching it again <laughs> hold on okay, i need to so look i need I to look at my letterbox right now and see how many times i've watched cats <laughs> well while you're while you're looking sean can you tell me what's cringier then um the the movie cats or jerry o'connell's song in scream 2 oh uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is a hard call <laughs> um I, uh ooh. Yeah, you're, this one this one hurts. Um, I yeah, it's probably Jerry O'Connell, <laughs> <laughs> but it's only because like I could be in that I, like that's a situation I'll be in. I probably will never be a weird anthropomorphic cat that can't decide what other what sizing it actually is, um, <laughs> and sometimes can't find the key. Um, <laughs> Ooh, okay, shots fired. Only yeah. once. It, it's happened. A co- there's only a couple spots, but there's there's a couple spots where it's just like, where's the beat? Interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. Um. But yeah, that one. I like every time I watch it. I'm like, I I get this really like I get secondhand embarrassment so bad. Like so like when I'm watching a movie, like sometimes I have to like watch it through my fingers and like in Scream Two, I'm always just like, uh, I love this movie so much, but I hate this part. Well, talking <laughs> about um, secondhand embarrassment and cringe, there's a lot of that kind of humor in The Innkeepers, isn't there? Um, mm-hmm. As I, you know, perfectly segue back to the movie that we're talking yes, about. Thank yeah, you. that was beautifully done. <laughs> also, uh, I looked up cats. Since I have had Letterboxd, I have only logged it twice. Um, oh, but it's more than that. But, uh, but you got, yes, you got I... Letterboxd yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, I know I've probably watched it like 10 times, which is way too many times to ever watch Cats. Oh, um, it's more wild. than that. Because you've, <laughs> you've made people watch it too. So I, was including, just, I was including that. I've, uh... No, it's more than 10. I've called you multiple times and you were watching it. Or you're just like, oh, I forced this person to watch it. Or I forced this person to watch it. And the key word in that is forced because no one should be forced to watch Cats. Uh, sorry. Sorry. That's just how I feel about it. Now back to anyway, the innkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my valiant attempts were foiled there, weren't they, really? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It, but yours was much better than ours. <laughs> yes. So would you guys recommend this? I 100% would recommend this, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely recommend it. I think it's a really... Uh, I think it's a really fun, spooky movie, and I think the performances and the humor in it really elevate it and um, keep keep it sort of ticking over. And also, as well, I, you know, if you're a millennial or whatever, it kind of feels like a bit of a period piece now. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the the humor, the look, the clothes, all feel very sort of end of the 2000s, beginning of the 2010s. It, it, it's sort of yeah really it's wild to think that this is like what 13 years old or something 12 years oh old. i know don't. oh sean now i know how it feels uh-huh. <laughs> now you know how i feel he does that to me every single episode and i'm just like stop doing that. i love pointing out how old movies are and uh yeah it's... because i'm like i a lot of movies like i'm i'm 31 so like <laughs> so like i but like i've seen all these movies from childhood so i'm just like stop saying that i'm real old <laughs> and then i'm glad you know how it feels now yeah it hurts mm-hmm. <laughs> i love the humor in it i love i i would watch a tv show of these two characters just like hanging out at their job oh yeah for sure i it'd be cool to see them sort of you know, maybe as like dodgy paranormal investigators uh, having different jobs at different places that might be haunted, you know? Yeah. Um, I think Sarah Paxson as Claire is fantastic. I love so much of, I love how weird she is. I know, um, it's such it's, a weird little performance. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, and it's really unique. Like, I can't really put, you know, I haven't seen a uh, sort of, uh, a, I guess, a, not a final girl, but like our sort of leading lady uh, d- deliver such a sort of a quirky off the wall performance like this. And it's not annoying. It actually feels very sort of real, um, you know, that she's sort of a bit like lost in her life and doesn't really know what to do with herself. And she doesn't really feel comfortable in her skin. And I love every time she gets scared and how like ridiculous all of her like sort of screams are. I know. know. She's just like, <laughs> which is so real because we don't scream in like a cute sexy way in real life you know right um and her trying to take out the the trash is really funny i literally wrote that in in my notes i was like that scene of her taking out the trash is the most relatable thing i've ever seen in film in my life yeah (laughs) trying trying not to get the bin juice over you is like yeah it's just like it's it's so heavy and you're trying to like get the thing open and throw it in just she's so tiny she's so so little You need momentum. You need momentum. If you're ever trying to do that, and I know that from taking out the trash at work, you need momentum if it's too heavy. 
So she's should have swung it a couple times, swung it if back she, and forth. She tried. And she's then, she's little. That that bag looked heavy. <laughs> and she's she's navigating the lid as well. Like she can't get it off, and she's only got two hands. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's why you should you uh, you swing with one hand, you hold open with the other, and then you alley oop it in. <laughs> uh, there was I was working at a gas station one time and just like changing those. Uh, trash day that's literally all i was thinking of i was just like oh my god this is horrifying flashbacks i can like practically smell that trash right now and just like her reaction but it is dripping and she just like tried to push it back in <laughs> so oh yeah the Ugh. drips at the end Ugh. Gross. so gross uh yeah love her she also my one of my friends john john gick if you ever listen to this i give him shit all the time i'm like you look just like he has jet black hair and is like six foot three but I swear to God, Sarah Paxton is him in drag. <laughs> oh my God, brilliant. They have the same eyes, nose, cheekbones. Like, it's horrifying. I'll need to send you a picture later. I would like have them next to each other. It's so funny. And he is also really awkward. And so I just enjoy this for that. But uh, yeah, so this was, like we said, written, directed, and edited by Ty West. Um wonderfully uh produced by larry fessenden music i love the score love the score in this i think it is so fun um such creepy vibes by jeff grace and the sound design i also love done by graham resnick uh it's phenomenal i don't know how you watch this but again sound design on this movie is phenomenal i actually today watching it in the broad daylight i jumped i physically i've seen this movie i've seen this 50 goddamn times um (laughs) physically jumped at the scene where the old gentleman that had committed suicide is behind her in the doorway of the basement (laughs) like i knew it was coming and i still i i physically jumped and was like (gasps) and then laughed at myself because i was like wow you were 34 years old and you've seen this eight million times Yeah, I think my favorite parts are the um, are sort of like uh, the moments where things aren't happening, and mm-hmm. you you get those kind of you do get a lot of sort of fake jumps, which are really fun and sort of well executed. Um, but all the sort of ghosty stuff doesn't really happen fully until the end, mm. and I really love how long it takes for things to actually happen and how slow it is and the sort of the use of the space and the use of the the hotel that they're in the whole movie you get really used to and you know sort of where everything is and the the geography of it all and it's it's really creepy it's a great sort of like chilling ghost story um that has a lot of restraint to it uh and i i i watched it i would i I know how i would have watched it i'd have watched it on my laptop with my headphones in and that's how i watched it this time um and it kind of in the same way where you get that jump scare at the beginning where she's looking at the laptop and it's one of those like fake kind of like gimmicky yes. like, vi- viral videos where like something. Do you remember st- those? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, do. I got such a little like, oh, I remember the beginning of the internet. <laughs> right. And Oh my God. Can we talk about the internet in this film? It's 2011, but it's like, really? 2011? And it looked like that? That's what I thought it internet I don't looked think like it did. in the I... 90s. I was reading a thing about it, and he was Ty West was saying that uh, like his website design that was just pointing out like he's just like the internet was good. better than that, but he just wasn't very creative. Like <laughs> that's why it sucked so much. 
But yeah, I will say, it? the older I get, I feel like the, you know, the 2000s were still the dark ages. Not even in just technology, but in, like, humanity. Like, <laughs> we just didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> um, speaking of the internet, since we're just jumping through here, I've got to find this. Um, so... <laughs> Oh no, are you going to read the website? Yes, so, you know, when she <laughs> oh, sees the porn that he's uh, been looking at, oh, God, which I yeah. also think is so funny. I Seeing someone's porn history is just hysterical. I know um, one of my friends, uh, she's now married with uh, children. We, uh, her, we had her boyfriend's laptop, and he was like, oh, the other, we just like clicked on the history, and we like started watching one of the porn videos he'd been watching, and it just like roasted him for like three days about it. Um, this is why you just delete your history this every is why time you close your laptop. People. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so he was looking at Jolly Jumping Pussies, the Spank Shaft, the Tit Punch, Itty Bitty Titty Council, Tit Slap Tub Girl Soup. <laughs> also, at Council? I've only ever heard it as the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. I... <laughs> So <laughs> somebody does not know how to how to name their website right <laughs> because council does not rhyme but committee does. <laughs> I was most curious about the jolly jumping pussies. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. That's a weird one. Maybe it's to maybe it's also, to do with cats, guys. Come on. And wasn't there like, maybe. Wasn't there like a Chinese pancakers too? There, there was. I didn't write down all of them. There were, yeah. But yes. Not gonna lie, gonna like, I did look that one up and you don't want to. Thank you. I was about to say I almost looked up because I was like, what is that? And then I was like, I don't want to know. Um, I don't need I, to yeah uh, actually but since you looked it up please tell our listeners what is oh pancake? no i'm not doing this <laughs> no um if you'd like to look it up that is your internet <laughs> i suggest incognito browsing <laughs> that's that's just I'm, I'm gonna save you because even just reading about it i was like oh nope i didn't need to know this thank you Oh, that horrifying. <laughs> okay, now I kind of want to look this up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, I'm not, I do not, I, I'm not, I do not kink shame, but it is not mine. <laughs> um. Oh, God, is it what I think it is? I'm not, I told you, we're not getting into this. <laughs> like, you're not going to bait me in. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, Innkeepers, for those of you don't who don't know, is just um, these two employees, Sarah Paxton and Pat Healy, who are working at the Yankee Peddler Inn, real place in Connecticut, on its closing weekend, I believe. And um, if you've ever just had one of those shitty jobs, you know, when you're like late teens, early 20s, that you just don't give a fuck about, especially if the place is closing down this captures it perfectly oh my Again, god their relationship their conversations the way they act the way they treat the customers that all that poor woman wanted was towel towels <laughs> that's all anybody wanted was towels that running like, thing of like it just never stocked the towels <laughs> uh, like uh, i watch it and every time i'm just like these two are such assholes <laughs> like, just give the poor woman towels like 
I mean, the place is closing. Nobody's gonna like who's gonna do anything. Like they don't give a shit. They're working twelve hour shifts, sleeping there. <laughs> yeah, but they're not even working the full twelve. Like she puts a sign on the door, like we'll be back at seven. Like <laughs> she just goes back to sleep. Yeah. And it's so interesting with these characters because we never, you know, you would have thought that a job like that, you know, the the hotel's free, the boss is away and not even in the country, that mm-hmm. like, well, maybe have a few friends over. And I'm not saying have a crazy party, but, you know, have some mates around, but we never see them. And that just sort of strikes me as really interesting for these two characters, like we don't get to know too much about their backstory, but we can sort of surmise that, you know, maybe they don't have that many friends or that they are sort of, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, when I was uh, back with my family at the very end of last year, I, I had to get a, a job um, and I was working oh. in a restaurant. I know a job. Jobs are the worst. Work. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, no, I had to, um, I had to get like just a quick job while I was there um, because of issues with like, you know finding somewhere to live and all of that kind of stuff blah 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 and everyone that was working was was really young and really inexperienced in this restaurant and they had the same energy as these characters of sort of like not really having or understanding the social cues of sort of hospitality and what's required of you and how to interact with people you know um and i was just like oh yeah people like this in this film a hundred percent exist and really do struggle but we never see their like personal lives and it's like well maybe they don't yeah i don't really i never i've never gotten the vibe that they really have one because she is kind of dorky and weird and uh, (laughs) i love when she goes to the coffee shop to get coffee like she doesn't even get the coffee she comes back to get out of a conversation with lena dunham which you know i get it (laughs) 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 i kid i actually quite liked girls a lot um telling myself a little bit i thought it was wonderful um but yes getting caught in the conversation with this lena dunham would be horrifying i love that she was just like they were out (laughs) and it's that real cringe comedy isn't it that real sort of uncomfortable awkward sort of true to life but also the most excessive version of awkward that you can have Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) <laughs> with like somebody that you would see at your like where you go get coffee all the time and you're just like oh god they're working today um it's just so real i think that's what i love about this so much like so much of the dialogue is completely like inane like their conversations are stupid they're just like but they're so real it's like this is what you do when you're just bored and you've worked with somebody a while and just it's wonderful it's so charming i always forget every single time how funny this movie is like it's so creepy but it makes me laugh like out loud a lot uh again most of that's just sarah paxton's performance i like i've always liked sarah paxton but this is the only movie that i'm like i love sarah paxton in this i don't know like if he directed her like this or what where this even came from but it's phenomenal like 10 stars sarah paxton for whatever you're doing Agreed. I think the choices that she's making are so strong and so unique and it really makes the movie work. Like, I think, you know, this film could be incredibly boring in the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't have, even if it did have Ty West style, um, I think that the performances really lift it and make it interesting in all those sort of between moments, you know? 
Yeah, um, yes. like this, I almost wouldn't even care if this even turned into a horror movie. If there were even like if there were ghosts or not, like it almost is like inconsequential. I mean, on a rewatch again, this is like I felt just dread the entire time because you know you know what's gonna happen and it's just it's so sad and just all the little stuff and it's like oh I know how this is gonna end, but it's still just it's funny. It's funny and creepy and just a really great experience. Wonderful time. I agree. I, uh, and one of the things I do want to talk about, and I don't know if, we're, if this is too skipping around, is you mentioned that like you're like if it didn't have the ghosts. And one of the things I re- I kind of wish it didn't. <laughs> like I kind of wish they were all just kind of figments of of their imagination. Or if it did, it wasn't like confirm confirm. Like not to skip closer to the end, but like you know we've already said it doesn't have a happy ending. But the, even in the final shot, when you see you know the apparition standing there um and the door closes like i didn't need that part (laughs) so i still i still debate on the door that door slam at the end is the most 2011 part of this entire film (laughs) oh my god you are so right yes it is it's like god what is that why like just just have it hold on the on the thing and then just fade out or cut to black and not give you anything every movie from the 2000s had to have that little sort of jump scare at the end (laughs) but even if it didn't even if the film doesn't warrant one it had one and it was like there's so many just really bad ones and this one's shit like yeah it doesn't feel like it fits i was just like just cut just cut like a second before that's all you don't need that sting at the end it's a much more like melancholy movie it doesn't need that and it's lame. It's like a door shutting. Ooh, you know, like you just know that reactions from the audience aren't going to be, oh God, that was, you know, that's, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit pathetic. Well, did you see the, in the final scene, have you seen the ghost of Claire? Have I seen the ghost of Claire? Do you see something in the room? Yeah. So like <laughs> there is, a, there is a, uh, there's an apparition of Claire. It's very, barely. very hard I was, to see. I had seen in the trivia that you had seen this. And again, I've seen this movie a million times that I had never seen it. And I like was pausing and like frame by frame, like trying to find where it was at. And I was just like, that lied. The internet lied. Like she's not there. And then Sean had to like facetime and be like no there it is there it is there she is interesting i'd forgotten actually i think all the times that i'd watched it before i'd never seen it and then today when i was watching i was like oh is that something because i was i was i was <laughs> i was at work when i was watching the very end and i was like i know what happens and sort of like skip <laughs> skip through a little bit just for the very ending i was like i don't need to watch this door for so i kind of might have missed it i think oh it's like like it is like a frame Oh right! That you okay. say like it is barely like you can barely it, see it. Yeah, I was gonna say I can I can show you take a picture and show you, Go but ahead. it is so hard to see. Um, if you're when you if you if you when you rewatch it, um, it, when you're at the end, you're in the final scene, um, and it going look towards the drapes, like the ones that are like on the right side, the right on the right, right side, side of the drapes. drapes. Got yeah. You see a faint, you, faint, faint face there. It's gotta pretend you're like watching skin of and like oh okay <laughs> and so do you think so you say you'd have preferred more of that stuff i think i would have have i would have as well actually yeah um i i think the weakest part is actually the ghosts themselves mm-hmm. um i don't love the the look of them the i sort don't of, either i think it, that it feels, was, i mean i'm sure it's budgetary but 
absolutely i think it, it feels it's charming in a way that like if you were watching a stage play because there is an element of that to this where it's you mm. know sort of one location i could see this story getting told on stage um there is uh, a little bit of like stage makeup about their the the ghosts in this movie but mm -hmm. i think the moment you see the ghosts because the the suspense and the tension is so sort of um well paced that when you do see them it's a little bit like it deflates the balloon a little bit for me mm. right and that's why i i see i'm i'm a big fan of like you know like the haunting or even jaws where it's like when the uh don't show like allow the audience to do their own to do their own imaginings um which i think it would have worked a little bit better here for me because it, it could have just been you know like was she actually seeing it like because the only person who really sees anything is her um and i think that would have made for me it would have made it a little bit more um i would have liked that slightly better i do like this movie a lot and it's very it is pretty high pretty high in ghost story mode for me but i i like the idea that it was just it was just claire like claire freaking out about being alone in this giant hotel by herself at 3 a.m you know um so for me that one i wish they would have had i will say you know this was 2011 so i with that in perspective like the ghost stuff makes sense like that but even especially for 2011 i think the amount they showed ghosts and stuff and what they actually did show well, Ty West, not really them, just what he showed, um, <laughs> was a, very restrained. Like, you don't Agreed. really see them that often, but it is a little jarring because it's so, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it fits. But again, it's like a budgety thing. And I have seen much worse looking um, apparitions in film. But again, like, you know, that scene when they're in the basement and she's like, she's right behind you and you don't see anything. Mm -hmm. you do you know you just see his face like that is so much scarier than if like if she was standing him. there yeah. yeah than if we actually saw her behind him like God. yeah i the agree and i think it's nice it's nice with that because you're not sure because they play pranks on each other so often there was a little mm -hmm. bit of me with it's was so like cute. oh is she <laughs> is she gonna be fucking with him like is that what's gonna happen and it, i like that ambiguous ambi ambiguity Oh my god, why can't Ambiguity. I say Ambiguity. Ambiguity. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sean, you're like, so uh... much nicer than me. I'm just like, I'm just going to sit here and wait. <laughs> I'm going to rub my paws together. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just... <laughs> I was just trying to help. No, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. It's usually no, I... me stumbling over something. <laughs> so if it happens to somebody yeah. else, I'm like, ah, yes. <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> no. I'm never coming back. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't know if I want to come back now, Rude. Like, <laughs> um, another thing I really want to talk about is I, as much as I love Sarah Paxton and, I, and Pat Healy does a great job too, I actually like Kelly McGillis a lot in this a lot. Or a lot. I a lot I like her a lot in this. Um <laughs> I, I know English. Um, <laughs> um, and I find her to be a fascinating character. Um especially like after you know after Claire has woken Luke and is all like uh never mind you're in tidy whities that weren't that tight. Um and which is hysterical apparently they had to film that like a lot because she kept laughing at his baggy underwear <laughs> <laughs> um 
Um, and like, you know, she Kelly McGillis's character. What is it, Leanne? Right, Lee Lee Reese Jones. Yes, Leanne um, Reese Jones. But they all call, she just calls her Lee a lot. Yeah. So she like tries to get her to stop talking, and then she, like once Sarah Paxson stands up for herself hysterically by the way leave me alone it's a big deal (laughs) and then she just like turns around she doesn't run away or walk away she She just turns around and stays there yeah like "Uh, don't hurt me too badly um i'm just like picturing myself seeing this like you know screen legend that i grew up loving and then just being like fuck off Um, but yeah, when she takes her back to her room and she, you know, she's talking about how like, uh, energy, like we're all just like a state of being like, I, I, I'm going to quote it. Cause I, I did really enjoy her, her little monologue piece here, which is not really that much of a monologue, but she said, there's no real in this world, Claire. It's all a state of being. There are no beginnings. There are no ends. There are no ghosts. We're each divine beings that incorporate one energy into the universe like droplets of water in a vast ocean the universe has a plan for each and every one of us and i think i just i i really like that idea because it when she says there's three like i remember the first time i watched this i was just like oh there's three ghosts like who are these people like but when you get to the end of it like it really does make what she says there even more like poignant because there's three of them so mm-hmm. what do you think that Kelly McGillis's character was hearing what's going to happen to Claire from the beginning of it, especially with how she reacts at the ending? I think so. Or at least had a sense of it. Um, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, no, I think so. I like that she um, I like that it leaves it. It sort of plays into the idea of Claire's character sort of sealing her own fate almost. Mm-hmm. It makes the ending sort of ultimately that more tragic. You know, it's it's that sort of um, that character, the the edge of the woods in the fairy tale that tells you to stick to the path. And then the main character inevitably goes into the woods. Um, and so you're sort of like, don't go down into the basement. You know, you're you're having that sort of sensation while it's sort of unfolding in front of you and i really like that sort of tragedy about the film um i i tend to not like films in which the uh the main character d- dies at the end but when a movie can pull that off really well um i like it and in this one there's a real sense of sort of like sort of sadness and melancholy to the ending um and a lot of that does come from uh, leanne's character and how mm-hmm. she sort of gives her the clues they're all there and you know you should have just listened to her and sort of heeded her warning um because she can't tell you everything because when mm-hmm. she has that you know she talks about deja vu she says she has to like be careful with what she shares and yeah absolutely and i think as well because if there is if there are some sort of you know other forces at play as well you know she she can't be giving away too much because it might put her at risk as well um so yeah, I love I love all of that. I love all of that, and I do think it does get like we said before. It maybe gets undermined a little bit by the the sort of the spectral presences and how they are executed. Agreed, especially because it, it does call into mind the like, you know, what is fate like? Is mm-hmm. like it was always Claire's if it was always Claire's fate at the end. Like, why does she try and save her? Like, does she save her? 
only because she knows how it will end like that she needs i think that's just how it was always going to happen how it's always going to happen yeah. or does she like why does she like do you do you try and fight for someone like maybe try and change their fate or do you just accept it and then go about how you would want to go about it it's interesting isn't it you, there's lots of other sort of the two sort of like jump to mind uh while you were saying that is it's sort of like in the matrix where um what is it uh the oracles like watch out for the vase and then neo knocks it over and then she says the thing that'll sort of like fuck with your brain later is would you have knocked it over if i didn't tell you not that you were going to mm-hmm. um and it's sort of that a little bit is is leanne attempting to save her part of the thing that actually ends up killing her like if she right. hadn't it's it's almost like a, a greek tragedy as well um in that sense you know you um in in oedipus, in oedipus if um which i think you guys say oedipus right yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay <laughs> so um, just uh, went to call the... to mind the wonderful moment at the end of the buffy episode where they're performing Oedip- oedipus <laughs> oedipus oedipus yeah yeah really funny which me as a kid was like oedipus what are they saying and we i studied it at school and was like oh but it's yeah, a little so... bit like that you know oedipus was told from the gods that he would do this thing and in greek tragedies you know the gods are omnipotent they're the ones that control everything and you shouldn't defy them and he he does he defies his fate by leaving his town and ultimately ends up succumbing to their um their their um their predictions anyway and Mm -hmm. uh, if maybe if he'd have listened to them and stayed his fate wouldn't have been sealed uh and it's sort of similar to this you know um sometimes accept accepting that something's going to happen could ultimately have the opposite effect almost Mm -hmm. i what it reminded me of on this most recent rewatch of what it had to say about fate it reminded me a lot of the lords of salem which i've not seen i've not seen but uh uh it has similar ideas on fate it's obviously not well i mean it gets kind of a ghost story actually um but about how things are just you know you can't change it it's just what's going to happen and what's so sad is sarah paxton's character she's so so upset about you know this ghost of madeline o'malley that's just stuck in this hotel forever and she feels so bad and like that's going to be her and it's just yeah so it's so sad uh this movie works very well on a rewatch it's not one of those like oh it only works the first time it almost works you know on your first watch it works on you on one level and then on rewatches on a completely different level um the rewatchability on this is very strong. I just, I felt so sad the whole entire time, just all her little things and just like them joking around and just like, knowing this is her last weekend on earth. And uh, it's just, it's sad, but also very yeah. funny. And yeah, exactly. It's so smart to make her such a goofy, likable character and then give her such a devastating fate um, because it feels like, oh, well, it can happen to anyone and she's not being punished for anything. She's not really... You know, she doesn't really do anything wrong apart from sort of seal her own Terrifying that young boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, other than that. Fuck uh, that kid. (laughs) Like, what did that kid do? Like, I I don't know. I was was just like, every time I watch this scene where the mom's like, please don't make me the bad guy. Like, all I'm asking for is towels. I'm just like, yeah, they're just towels, people. Give her towels. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, but go uh, but I, I will say on that note, I, I I don't know if you saw this in my notes, John, but uh, watching them, I was like, this is us because <laughs> she's just like, oh, you're so pessimistic. And just uh, the way they act with each other, <laughs> she's just like, I'll get you towels. Um, I would be the person that just, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, fuck that kid. Probably. Uh, but I did feel bad for that poor harried mother. <laughs> Uh, I also quite loved when Sarah Paxton has her bad dream and runs downstairs in her underwear. <laughs> She's just like, that's it. I'm going back to my husband. <laughs> and isn't it like the the day when she comes down as well? Like it's not yes. like the middle of the night. It's yes. like it's, glorious it's like sunshine. One, yeah, it's like 1 p.m. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's funny. Like, and I... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, uh, um, I was just going to say, really, I mean, if she's punished for anything, it's because of her kindness. Like, she could have left. She went back to check on the old man. She wasn't going to go back down to the basement. She's like, I don't want to go back down there. But she thought Lee. She she thought Lee was down there calling for her, and she went to check. Like, she was a nice person, and then, yeah. Well, and it's it's pretty well executed as well, you know. She doesn't go down the stairs. She mm-mm. stands at the top by the door and it's only really her getting startled and falling down the stairs that takes her down there eventually, you know? Like I think they they navigate that quite well because it would be you just know it would be insufferable if she went back down yes. when she could have just left when that's all she wanted to do was leave. Um so I think they yeah, they handle that pretty well. And also, I mean, on this rewatch, when she chains up the cellar door after that bird, and she's like, no, how'd that get down here? And I was just like, don't chain it. If she had just like left it open, she could have gotten out. Also, I, I have a question for both of you. Do you think she dies of, like, fright or because she didn't have her inhaler? Like, what do you think actually kills her? Oh, I thought it was an asthma attack. Yeah, Cause same. Because she couldn't find, she didn't have a light, so she couldn't find her her inhaler which is why he's like i found this at the bottom of the stairs and it's so sad how he's talking about how he just he heard her just screaming for him and couldn't get oh it's just it's so tragic which i mean honestly the best ghost stories are the ones that are not necessarily scary but have that melancholy sadness to them because i mean ghost stories are inherently very sad and you know i just love it i love it a lot agreed um, what do you think of the old man character? Um, I think he's a means to an end. I think he, uh, he like like they said that he's the final like he's supposed to be the final guest, but I think the final guest is technically supposed to be uh, Claire. Claire, like, but so he him coming in and being like, I have to have room three fifty three. Which also um, is supposed to be one of the most haunted rooms in the Yankee Peddler Inn, because that's where um, one of the or- original owners died. Is room three five three? Right, um, that's really interesting. Um, so I read that. I read that, and um, so I mean, just him having to go back there, like you could tell something's with off, something's off with him. Like you know, he's he's you know, he's like I'm okay to go to a room with no. With no TV, no furniture, no nothing. Like, I would have thought maybe, you know, he was dying or something. Not that he intended to kill himself or something. Um, or maybe, you know, like, his wife had just died and he wanted to remember this. Like, I wouldn't have necessarily thought, like, oh, his character does seem a little bit, like, 
it doesn't fit in the movie. Like it's almost more of a plot device thing. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I love mind. his. I don't mind. I, it. <laughs> I love his introduction though. Um, mm-hmm. I love the fact that we hear his voice first before we see him, and it's sort of so deep and creepy. You kind of think, "Oh, this character. Here we go. Like this is the the moment where everything's going to be revealed." And actually, it, it doesn't, and it is just a sort of separate character. Um, but I love that introduction. It is incredibly jarring to see him. I can't. I can't imagine what that would be like because so many hotel. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but in my head, so many hotel staff members must have to deal with suicides quite a lot. Oh yeah, and, for sure. I would think. And to sort of experience that, and sort of all that blood, and go into that really dark room on top of all of the sort of terrifying ghostly encounters that that Claire's been dealing with, terrifying, and. Mm. I don't know, like, I don't know if there's, like, certain training that they undergo beforehand, like, with with that kind of uh, person coming in, like, you know, seeing some of the, maybe the signals or the warning signs of, like, oh, this looks like someone that might want to take their own life, uh, you know, and then how they would maybe deal with that. Like, I want to stay in this room because it reminds me of my wife, and this is a man of a certain age, you know, we're thinking maybe the wife's passed away. She's not with him or a divorce. There's going to be some tragedy somewhere. Like, you know, I know it's a, it's a little in somewhere. Um, you know, it's not like the, the busiest of places perhaps, but I, I wonder how much or if they got any sort of training or if there is training to deal with that kind of thing. I feel like any, any manager who goes to Barbados on the last week of the place being open um would not do very good training like that uh, <laughs> like, i don't think I'm so i'm just saying that's fair. That's i will fair. say one of my one of my friends uh worked at a hotel um actually it was around this time period <laughs> um and i would go hang out with her sometimes and stuff and i don't think they anything like that happened while she was there but like the type of job and stuff it was i don't think they had training for anything like that um and also, I mean, if you thought something was with somebody, like, how could you really say anything to them? Or even, like, I don't know what you could do, like, legally as a hotel person if you thought somebody was, like, I don't know. It's a tricky situation. Um, I just feel bad for her. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I will say the ghosts are a little bit hokey, like you said, stage makeup but that shot of him in the bathtub... And his eye is just like, that is fucking scary. That was really good. Um, you know, it's not a long shot or anything, but it is really good. It's it's chilling. Yeah, it's funny because the first time I watched it, I remember, like, I, I think my TV, maybe my TV was set too dark. Clayton will yell at me for that later. Um, yeah. But I thought his eyes were, like, gouged out. Like, because his, just his eyelids or his, his eyelashes were so dark. And I was like, oh, my God, this man, like, butchered himself. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that's not the case. That would be a... <laughs> no, he only slashed... He, that he would only have been a 2007 sl- movie as opposed yeah. to 2011. <laughs> <laughs> he only slashed his wrists. He didn't stab his eyes out. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> like I said, that would have been a 2005 to 2007 movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. Um, what did you think of him other than just you liked his introduction um yeah, i was gonna say uh, he he seems like he's really important and then 
sort of isn't um but the the death scene is like you like you know you both said is sort of really powerful and and quite disturbing and is probably the scariest moment in the film and it's funny because it's not um it's 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 not anything ghostly it's very real and i think that's probably why and i think just you know i really feel for claire sort of having to walk into that dark scary room and there's a little crack of light in the bathroom and maybe she knows you know oh god what am i about to see you know at at best she's about to see some old naked man you know <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> best case scenario best case you know some old naked man shitting or something you know what i mean like with his headphones uh, maybe in he, or, you know maybe what i mean died, maybe he died on the toilet had a heart attack could, <laughs> but just that kind of like that knowing what's gonna happen and just still oh, i've got to check i've got to see you know um but it is it's you know it's a it's a heartbreaking story for him as well like this is where he wants to spend his last day there's a there's a lot of sadness and a lot of sort of little stories that come together in this one Mm -hmm. again like she's just trying to like she's trying to be nice like she is terrified like i would have gotten the fuck out of that place when my coworker left i'd be like you're not leaving me here i'm coming (laughs) like sorry (laughs) um much less gone and checked on the last two guests i would have been like they're fine. I'm not dealing with a motherfucking ghost right now. I'm out of here. Sorry. And uh, she goes, and like, even after Leanne's like, no, you are in danger. We need to get the fuck out. She still goes up to check on him. And it's like, uh, sir. And then finds a corpse and it all just goes downhill. Which is why I find her character so interesting. Like she strikes me as so young as well. Like maybe she's just graduated high school or maybe she's, you know, really early twenties and she's yeah, doing I this. Th- I think early 20s because he does make that comment about like we can discuss your upcoming quarter life crisis tomorrow <laughs> yes yeah of course he does say that and again me at the time I was like yep yeah, relatable um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's that it's that it is that very relatable character trait of sort of like she doesn't know what she's doing with her life she doesn't maybe socialize very well with people and that and maybe doesn't feel like she has the confidence or the the sort of life experience to be like no i'm going to leave too she still feels like she has to do her job well because that seems to be well not necessarily well because they can't fucking give, <laughs> no. give anyone any towels but <laughs> but she still like has to sort of no 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 i'm at work i have to stay at work i'm on my shift i can't leave like there's a little bit of that sort of insecurity that comes from her and also i wanted to say you know going back to the sort of the the baggy pants of it all the uh the the baggy underwear um (laughs) (laughs) i really like that scene because it sort of it really reminds it reminds us that oh yeah she's a young woman alone in a hotel with this man who has quite obviously got feelings for her Mm -hmm. and how that you know women in these situations have to be so vigilant and navigate that kind of attention um and you know she thinks oh we're just buddies and like i can go in and then she sees that it's a dark room and he hasn't turned the lights on and he's partially clothed and it's like oh this actually might be at best an uncomfortable sp- at space and at worst a dangerous one um and so there's there's more dangers for her than just you know the ghosts there's there's other things as well that she's having to navigate which they don't um linger on very often but Mm-mm, that but just there. F- yeah especially from you know looking at it from a 2023 lens you know uh, watching Mm. this in 2011 i you know aged you know 20 whatever i I certainly wouldn't have thought about that but watching it now re-watching it i was like oh yeah that's really interesting that that that's there um and it just makes you sort of feel for her even more 
Mm-hmm. Right. I think their relationship is really fascinating. Um, just what you see of them. Cause it's like, they are friends, they're coworkers. He likes her. And it's like, she knows, but then at other times it's like, she, like she won't ever comment on it. And like, even when they're drunk and he's like, yeah, I really like you and everything. She's like, Oh, well who's prettier than me. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a really interesting dynamic and like, he'll do anything for her. But you know, when it comes down to it, he fucking just leaves her there. Yeah. Really cowardly. And uh, I mean, his, I don't, his I mean, I don't blame him though. That, would have been terrifying for sure i mean what do we think of luke like i think like you've said he's their relationship's really interesting but i'm really happy they don't go down the route of having the sort of quote unquote schlubby guy you know getting a bit toxic with the girl that the cute younger girl that he's really into there could have been a level Mm -hmm. of sort of meanness to that especially Uh coming off the back of the 2000s where everything's fucking brutal all the time you can sort of maybe see the shift here um because while he is into her, there isn't, there's no sort of like um, nice guy attitude of like him expecting her. He doesn't really expect anything from her. He sort uh-uh. of just. It's almost like there, the, uh, there's almost a sweetness to it. Like his little. Almost, yeah. Like he's older, he's kind of lame, but he's got this crush on her. And, you know, again, it's, it, it all feels very relatable. Um, just those kind of, again, just co-worker jobs at that type of thing where you know you get close and comfortable with each other and yeah like they're literally sleeping there at this point um yeah i think it's and, we, and i also like that he's kind of like like she can be kind of an asshole and he's really yeah. an asshole but like you really do feel for i mean everybody you feel for them deeply um i i even put in the notes like the ending when she's running like when she's running through the basement it upsets me almost as much as sarah michelle geller and i know what you did last summer like i I, I, like that's how viscerally i feel there's air packs and i just don't want anything bad to happen to her um again she's just her performance she's so awkward and likable and just i want she's somebody i'd want to be friends with i feel like she's somebody i would have been friends with and like you know i I know that person um i've been that person It's just sad. But yeah, it, it upsets me almost that much. And like anybody who knows me knows how much like Sarah Michelle Gellar's death. And I know what you did last summer is the most infuriating thing in the entire world. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could stop the film just before and be like, OK, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She, she made it. Away. She's Yay. good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. And like I said, I hate it when characters um, when characters die at the end of the movie. And so in this one, it is. It is frustrating, but it's handled really well. And I think they do make you really care about her. Um, and, you know, he he does come back for her as well, which is mm-hmm. which is sweet, sort of going back to sort of... Which actually is and... really brave because, like, up until that point, you know, like, you think he had believed in the ghost and stuff, but he, he didn't. He'd never seen anything. And she was the one that more, like, believed in it and was curious and wanted to follow it and stuff. But when actually confronted with it, he was like, fuck and uh, terrified rightly and left and then actually came back and i mean it's still the middle of the night so uh, that took he some just, balls he, he just couldn't get a cab <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, dro- he drove off in his car <laughs> oh he did okay fine <laughs> he took off in his car like tires peeled out of that place <laughs> <laughs> i like you claire i'll do anything for you but uh not not stay here at this haunted hotel sorry <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I mean, one thing is, like, he never really sees anything either. So, I mean, 
he could have been like all he's hearing is something from an evp is the evp machine and like let's face it how many seasons of like paranormal hunters has there been like has Eight anybody thousand caught and three how how many times have they caught anything on camera or film zero like so i mean like it could be just faulty equipment like but it, it's the fact that they're like they're in the dark and this is why i like the idea of the ambiguity of it more is like they're sitting in the dark and like you said it doesn't show her seeing it like show M madeline o'malley behind him like it allows us to put her in there and i think that's what that's even even scarier than what we see but like if that like that ambiguity there like he never sees her yeah he hears little things he hears the piano which granted i'll give it to him the piano is going to be a hard one to kind of <laughs> that he, tried, he, I would really, he tries really hard <laughs> to like discount like that one i even i would be like oh that's a little weird um but like it could be catching something from upstairs you never know but like he never sees anything and like it's simply the fact of like being in the basement and her like them like recording and these little things happen and it's just the sheer terror of it like just thinking about that scene the hair is standing up in my arms like quite literally right now and if you were in that situation i mean even if there was nothing there your mind can play tricks like that would be scary you'd think you were hearing stuff and as we all know speakers can uh pick things microphones can pick things up very whatever and you know he's just like it's the wind. And I'm like, dude, you're in a basement. There's not wind. <laughs> um, but I, I know we've talked a lot about Sarah Paxton's rightfully amazing performance, but his look right here while that camera is just like tied on his face and how it just like, you can just see it turning to like absolute terror while he's sitting there. And then when she goes like, she's right behind you. <laughs> which is which, just like, the last thing you want to hear yeah yes i know and uh, <laughs> i on like i think when i first watched it which you know it's hard to remember back to that i wondered if she was like fucking with him because they had been fucking with each other like but um i think she like really was right there but um yeah it's just great performance i like i mean just i think it's really cool i mean you're you're an actor uh but how uh, they can just portray fear like he didn't say anything and nothing i mean just the camera's on his face and i mean it just goes to fucking terrified like you yeah feel like you're in that basement in the dark hearing stuff <laughs> it's good i mean it's cool that they because if uh, they shot in the actual hotel didn't they and they sort of all yes. stayed there am i right yes with that mm -hmm. that helps you know it, it helps when you're in the space that you're working in and you can get a you know a feel for the place and you know maybe that was something that they shot you know midway through the shoot not at the beginning and so you you can kind of like spook yourself and get into that energy and that vibe because there's like a tangible physical um feel that you can draw upon you're not you're not just doing something in you know a, a room or a space or in front of a green screen you know where you've got no connection to anything so yeah it, it is it, it it's a nice performance and it's it's really probably really helped by the fact that you know they were in this you know allegedly haunted hotel anyway um which is sort of half the fun uh, and, and like the play that you would get from from a performance like that mm -hmm. uh 
they apparently during filming some of the crew said they experienced some stuff but who knows but yeah that would be it still just it blows my mind that like you know you look at a movie and think about all that goes into it and it's like oh yeah they made they filmed this in like two weeks and i'll just stay in a hotel and film the scary movie and which is great it's great this is um i i shot a film um last year called the latent image which is sort of um it's it's going to be starting its sort of festival run and and all of that very shortly which is very exciting but that's how we shot it you know we shot it in two weeks uh we stayed in a cottage and in a cabin and the cabin was basically the main location for the film and it's great it's such a lovely environment to to make something you know you're with the crew all the time and um you just get to know everybody and you can really sort of focus on the work as well you know people aren't you know driving off back to their homes and their other lives you know we we had to we had to stay there we had to make sure that we were all tested covid wise before and really sort of became a little family for those two weeks it was it was great so i imagine that the shooting process for the innkeepers was just as fun you know i would love to do something mm-hmm. like the innkeepers yeah oh watching it, i it, i really pick up on that like i was just thinking this had to be so much fun to shoot and uh, like sarah paxton and it was talking about uh like she would just roll out of bed you know because they're staying there she's like i could roll out of bed and be like on set and filming in like five minutes <laughs> It's the dream, and then you've got like you've probably got like food being like catered for you. I mean, there's a, there's a there's a kitchen there, you know, in the hotel, so you can just grab what you need as well. You know, it's it's fab. It it must have been so much fun. Except but, having to maybe having to hang out with Lena Dunham. <laughs> yeah, but never skimp on the bread. No, never skimp on the skimp bread. On that the is bread. a very good piece of life advice. <laughs> And it's funny, this is the second time I've gotten that life advice in the last month. <laughs> Ooh, what was the other one? Oh, I was at work and I had a sandwich and they were like, what kind of bread? And I was just like, oh, it's just white bread. <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, what kind of sandwich is it? And I was like, oh, it's like, uh, I go super bougie. So it was like uh, spicy pineapple teriyaki ham with like hard salami and oh nice yeah and like a um i have like whole grain mustard but i also had a sweet and spicy mustard and they're like on white bread <laughs> yeah you just had it on basic ass bread <laughs> <laughs> hey i spent all the money on the meat <laughs> and then you you bite into it and you get it where like the bread like just sticks to the roof of your mouth uh-huh. because it's mm. it's got so much like crap it's like it. feeling like, oh. it stick to your teeth <laughs> And you're like, I can't get this off. This is horrible. At least it was the whole grain white from Aldi. So it was white, but it was like mostly okay for you. Like it's not You couldn't have sprung for a nice ciabatta. (laughs) Yeah, but I needed to last longer. You know what I've been been really digging at the moment is like, actually just skip the bread altogether. Like Mm -hmm. get the bowl, get it all thrown in, give it a shake. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Let's have like, you know, I've started doing that when I get um, a burrito. Like I don't have the burrito. I'll get the bowl. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say I I like doing that at Subway as well. Just like I, give me everything. Make it a salad. Um, a really unhealthy salad that's very yummy. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm without all the, the, without all like the carbs. <laughs> I'm just going to eat the meat like pancakes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh question <laughs> yes 
How do you both feel about lazy ass? <laughs> oh my I'm god. Sorry, say again. About what? <laughs> uh, he, he said, how do you feel about lazy eyes? He's uh, talking but, about the girl who worked at the she was like, Who's pre- who else is pre- who's prettier than me? And he was like, and that girl at the Dairy Queen. And she was like, the one with the lazy eye. Oh, and he okay. was like, yeah, I find laziness very attractive. <laughs> probably why he likes Claire. I know. I, th- I thought that's so funny because it's like they both are. Like, they're just like... They don't have to do anything, and they still won't even do the bare minimum. <laughs> I mean, coming coming from him and that haircut, I mean... <laughs> oh, yes, his hair is phenomenal. His phenomenal. <laughs> it's, um, what's going on? It's very, do you know Tintin? It's very that. Yes. It it's is. very Tintin when Tintin, like, hit 40, you know? <laughs> i'm like just get rid of it dude get rid of I'm it i'm just picturing him up in his little hotel up in the hotel room like putting product in it trying to get into that perfect little uh yeah, that little it's, quiff it's, yeah it's it's something and then you know she's just got her little like you know she could just get out of the shower and like towel it off and she's good yeah her little blonde bob her little boy yeah. haircut it's cute she's so cute <laughs> i love her so much but i want to so watch, watch it again <laughs> I, yeah i i was um i was thinking about so i said at the beginning sort of like the style and the look of the film i think ty west does a lot of really cool stuff with the camera in this film there's a mm-hmm. lot of and i remember it in the trailer as well especially it's that uh the moment where is it after she's taken out the the bins you know all of that or there's a lot of like sort of quick is it like sped up zooms or whatever i'm not sure what he's doing but um i just think that's really a really cool interesting unique style that he's bringing to to the film like those real sort of like quick push-ins that he does on people's faces and even just i i just really like the way ty west shoots stuff i think he's really not necessarily inventive but he's always very smart with like camera placement and just uh, yeah i just and the way he edits stuff together like sean you mentioned something in the notes about like how like every scene in this movie feels like it almost goes on like a hair too long mm-hmm. but yeah not, like but not really like yeah. it works so perfectly but like in any other film you know somebody would have like cut it yeah and, well and that's exactly it is that i was about to say that too is like you're watching in every scene when like somebody gets up normally that's where you cut away to but he lets them get up and walk like start to walk away and it's still framed in that you're still watching that frame so i i like the first time i watched it i remember just like we're gonna see something (laughs) like and you're, you're just intensely watching the screen like expecting something to happen and i think it's all the more power to it that nothing ever does like you you just have these these shots that are you know setting you up for being like is something happening like is something going to be there like i'm I like the haunting of hill house where i'm just like where are the ghosts yeah like, <laughs> like, it's just really like, fun because like at the it builds tension mm-hmm. masterfully but also breaks it i mean it's still very funny but it doesn't break the tension and it, at the same time almost like lulls you into a false sense of security because it's like oh it just keeps building the tension like you think something's gonna happen and then it doesn't until it does um oh. yeah absolutely it's it's my favorite type of tension it's my favorite type of horror actually um i think he's a, a bit more successful with it in the house of the devil i remember watching yes. that for the first time and because it really really gives you nothing until 
the final act like the final 10 minutes whereas this does give you a few more pepperings of ghosts throughout mm -hmm. um but it, he, you can see uh, the john carpenter influences all over him in the fact that he will give you a wide of a space and there's always something in the frame with someone like a dark you know corner or corridor and you're constantly waiting for something to happen and nine times out of ten he'll never give it to you or if he does he'll give it to you in a different way and i i was thinking about um there's a scene where luke is talking and he's sort of explaining away something like almost trying to calm claire down and it's such an interesting moment of it starts on a dutch angle where the camera is sort of slightly off kilter and mm -hmm. as he's sort of saying, no, 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 it, it's this and it's that and it's there's nothing to worry about almost, the camera sort of lifts ever so slightly back to normal, sort of reflecting how he's sort of taking something that's really off and uncomfortable and scary and bringing it back to reality. And it's those little subtle moments um, that I really, really appreciate from, from Ty West in this film. Yeah, and it's not showy at all especially early to us like he's never showy about the stuff he's doing um obviously in like x and pearl it's more uh showy camera work um and god bless him for that because they're wonderful but they i just love how it doesn't call attention to itself it just like you just settle in it's just like you have a rainy day and i just want to watch the innkeepers and it always hits that spot. And then I'm just like, I'm always looking for a ghost story that hits me the same way this does. And I never can find them. And just like, I just want another good ghost story. Why am I just stuck with the innkeepers? Although the I'm not stuck with Hill the innkeepers because you know, it's wonderful. I'm not stuck with it, but <laughs> I just don't know why it's so hard to make a good ghost film. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, especially now, like for a long time, we've had horror as like, it was considered like to, to be a big horror film you need the you need the big scares like and that's what a lot of people equate horror with is like sometimes it's the jump scares as opposed to just the scariness of or the terror that that it provides like even just your story in general like i mean what is if i think it's um oh my god sinister is considered the scariest movie ever because there has an, a, a huge amount of jump scares like so when they like i know they had a big um like they did a big experiment with it and like they had them watch had a bunch of people watch a bunch of horror movies and sinister won because it had the most jump scares well jump scares don't necessarily equate to a good ghost story there are like, good jump I, scares and bad jump scares yeah absolutely and like I, i'm I'm. this isn't me speaking ill of sinister because sinister is creepy mm -hmm. um but like this is you know like there is a difference like you can have a movie that doesn't focus completely on just their jump scares or using the jump scares as your scariest factor and having something like this where it's more of the timber of the story yeah and it's yeah. it's interesting to sort of think about what uh a horror like who an, a horror film is for you know it's only a few years after this that we got the conjuring and what well, i think the first one is the best out of the conjuring uh the three movies that we've had sort of so far or at least there's been a whole like conjuring universe <laughs> in the, I guess. exactly in the specific <sighs> conjuring titles three <laughs> <laughs> but there's been Otherwise, so many more like yeah 15 um that I think they've become incredibly mainstream and the, sort of that James Wan style is sort of very specific. And this is almost, you know, 
slightly off but you know i just know that a lot of mainstream audiences watching this would find it incredibly boring oh wouldn't have the patience for this type of movie um and so you can sort of see why this isn't like a big hit uh because audience horror general horror going audiences don't have the patience for this type of film um and that's not to say that there isn't a place for a big mainstream horror if if anything i i want more of them i want more of the conjurings and the it's because it will draw people to films like this as well um Mm -hmm. and sort of seeing horror be successful is there's nothing but positive that we can get from that uh any win for horror is good in my opinion agreed and but it's you know i i I personally prefer this sort of this type of movie that has that sort of more intimate uh suspenseful feel to it that isn't just adhering to um like big sort of mainstream stuff i like what you don't see i like when there is dread that's created by um shadow and atmosphere and a soundtrack and acting rather than just uh sort of like a, a haunted house ride you know where things just pop out at you (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I I understand why this isn't a hit. I a hundred percent understand it, but it upsets me because it's so good and it's the type of thing I really really love. Like ninety nine times out of a hundred, I would much rather sit down and watch a movie like this that is just vibes. I mean, from the opening, like just pictures of the hotel and the score before we get anything. I mean, it just sets you perfectly in that mood. And then you just get to stay there for a while. And again, like even if there hadn't been any ghosts and stuff, it's still just creepy i would much rather be creeped out in that type of atmospheric type of way than have you know stuff popping out at you or just like a killer chasing you i think just like a creepy atmosphere and vibe works so much more for me and i don't find it boring but um i do know a lot of people who do find that type of thing boring like i also i could just some of my favorite movies are just you know people just sitting around talking i'm just like oh great performances yes i'm happy (laughs) um some people just don't have attention spans it's okay and i agreed and it strikes the balance as well with this one you know it's 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 slow um and you know um restrained but it it's not particularly pretentious either and i think the comedy really helps in that regard Mm -hmm that it does feel like a bit of a hangout movie as well as a horror movie it sort of does both and it does them pretty well uh, which which i like i think there can be a lot of um the, the trick with this sort of these low budget indie horror movies one location not many actors is well how do you keep the engine revving how do you keep um entertaining the audience when you don't have a lot to work with it's it's really really hard to do and i think one of the sort of um the crutches that people use is sort of falling into like um like pretension a little bit and it it becoming a little bit like non-linear or sort of cerebral in a way that can kind of like lose you and i think a lot of films do do that really well um but it's hard to do that well and I think this film sort of navigates that and uses its actors and its characters and its comedy in a way to offset um, the the moments where you can't just have a scare all the time. You've got to have some character mm-hmm. and in between stuff, you know, the lows before the highs, but the lows aren't lows because you've got sort of a, a charming, captivating, quirky, funny cast and, and characters. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at this movie on the surface, 
it's an hour and 40 minutes and not that much happened and uh, if you were like well i mean these two people just hanging out at a hotel it's haunted stuff happens like near the end but i mean most of it there's not a lot that happens but i find it incredibly entertaining um again i just i it's just one of those wonderful synergy of uh you know, the music, the sound, the direction, the camera work, the performances, like just all come together in this perfect little, not perfect, it's not a perfect film, but it just works. And I wish there were more like it. Yeah, I wanted way more. Um, and I am I was really relieved when we got X and Pearl um, in, in the same way that like when um, I spoke about it before, but, you know, um, Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett, that that like one-two punch of your next and the guest, the mm-hmm. one-two punch of the House of the Devil and the Innkeepers was like, yes, what are they going to do next? And they, you know, uh, Ty West didn't really do anything for me that made me go, yes, another Ty West horror movie until we got, um, until X was announced. And I was like, yes, he's back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's taken a long time to get there. Yeah, especially just knowing like, oh, it's going to be like 70s and porn and just like, and you know, Ty West is great at evoking different time periods and stuff. Yeah. It's one of his very big strengths. And I was so excited and then it just didn't let me down. And then, you know, Pearl came out and that was just bonkers. Uh, so excited. And even just like his segment in, what was it, the first VHS? Uh-huh. I, it was one of my favorite segments of the entire thing. And it was just, you know, Again, you know, not a lot happened, but it was just really, really good. It was my favorite part of yeah. it, and uh, I just oh, I'm always excited to see what he does. Like I'm on board whatever Ty West wants to do. Yeah, except me too, for the sacrament. Sure. I, I I can appreciate the sacrament, but I did not enjoy it. It's not. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think he did a bad job with it. It just wasn't for me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the sacrament, Sean? uh i saw most of it i watched the ending because you said the it wasn't that great and i caught <laughs> it on i caught it on uh, it was on you know like a shutter tv thing mm. or something like that so i didn't finish it i didn't see the whole thing i saw the ending i mean <laughs> you know it's a it's a cult <laughs> <laughs> right cult classic. movies are classic cult movies <laughs> Well, movies never been my purview. <laughs> uh, sometimes they work. I really liked uh, what was it, Red State? Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. That was. Oh, I heard movie. about that recently. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what they're doing it too. Isn't he making a sequel to it or something? Mm. I, I I don't know. I've not seen it. Uh, but I, someone was talking about it on a podcast. Is is who's in that? Is Kyle Gallner in that? I feel like. Ooh. Uh... I don't remember. Let me look up. Uh, I, it, it I just remember it was odd because like Kevin Smith did it, and, and the, you know that's not who you would think. Because <laughs> um, that was Red State look. was two thousand and eleven, same year as this. Um, oh, oh I know, and it was Kevin Smith directed, right? Okay, yeah. I was listening to something where they were talking about um, they were talking about Kevin Smith, and they brought up the film. Kyle Gallner is in it. I oh, there Kyle we go. Gallner. He's so cute. We love Carl Gallner. I do. <laughs> oh, Melissa Leo. She was in everything around this time, wasn't she? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't really this well. around the time she won her Os- won an Oscar? I think it was around then. Uh, the I think of- it was a year or two later. 
but because well the fighter was 2010 so it might have been yes, like 2011 it's just off the back it was either the maybe. 2010 or 2011 oscars oscar we are recording this on the day the oscars happen hopefully oh, is it the oscars today it is isn't it oh wow yes. yeah the oscars are happening in two and a half hours i won't be staying up yeah no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is gonna be one i'm like one of those people like you know i'm one of like the three people that watches the oscars every year um I'm not tonight because it is the finale of The Last of Us, and that is more important to me than watching three hours of the Oscars. Although I do really want to see the new Little Mermaid trailer that is supposed to uh, premiere during it. You can watch it on YouTube. I know. In the, mor- in the morning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going I'll probably, anywhere. I'll, I'll keep an eye on my phone, like, because... Uh, yeah, I think I'm sure people will be tweeting from... about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twitter. Oh my god, you know what Twitter is going to be like tonight? Oh god, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> insufferable. <laughs> Good old film Twitter. It's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely part of the problem. I try. I try I'm not to be. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to be. I try and keep things very positive, but like, just you know, it's it can be. It's. It, I just have to like. Bye. Peace out for a little bit sometimes. <laughs> it's the only way to Sean doesn't family. have the issue. He's not on social media as much. So no. <laughs> uh, it's like some, day, some days, you know, you get up and you're on Twitter and you're just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, I, if I, To be honest, though, I miss a lot of it. I really do. Like, there are people that find Twitter incredibly negative and incredibly... Um, just like a, a really challenging place to be and I, I somehow managed to avoid a lot of it and i think it's because i i i keep everything specifically to the four same things that i've loved since i was 10 years old like i don't talk about anything else on there you know yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be buffy britney mariah and scream like that's literally all i'm gonna talk about you know that is my personality that is it's just gonna be my personality and i keep it really light and i don't you know there's never you know your life is never going to be made worse by not tweeting something you know what i mean like if anything your life will probably be yeah you know like just don't tweet about it text a friend you know, like send a voice note. Do We're something on Twitter. Different. We don't have friends. <laughs> and it's it's funny actually. Like I think you know the innkeepers came out in 2011. That was the year I got Twitter. Like that's when that. Sa- first oh my happened. god, same. So it's wild to think like in this movie, like Twitter was really in its infancy, and we did talk about the technology in the film. And he obviously is supposed to be pretty shit at creating websites, but there wasn't that sort of discourse. Um, you didn't even see anybody on a cell phone yeah right and it would be interesting to see maybe if this film was made now you know we spoke about the characters maybe not having very many friends and and not having those connections uh, which is why sort of ultimately they are on their own and sort of have quite tragic fates at the end you know would these characters be talking about ghosts on twitter and be part of like fan groups because i know for me in horror movies you know the, the fact that i'm on this podcast right now you know talking talking to two people i've never met in person you know <laughs> from back, another country about, exactly back, about back a 2011 the, little little independent horror film <laughs> which is so lovely whereas you know the, 
it's like the reverse of what I was taught when I was a kid. You know, you don't <laughs> give anyone any your any of your personal information online. And now I'm like, la 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 la. Find me on this, you know, this Twitter <laughs> handle and on Letterboxd, and you can talk to me here yes. and do this. Like it's the internet has evolved so quickly um, that maybe these characters in the innkeepers would have a whole group of friends where they talk about, you know, ghosts and paranormal occurrences and things like that it'd be so interesting to see how i feel like if be. they did this now she would be like live streaming it on tiktok or something awful oh god yeah for sure <laughs> i don't want to i i don't want to see that version of the she'd film. fully be doing like shitty tiktok dances to pass the time you know what i mean a hundred percent except she'd fall she oh would. god I, 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 speaking of her I, falling i love her when she's like this is the reenactment of like, the piano. And he's like, what is it? And she's it literally has a sheet. With, and she's like, Ooh, and then like literally falls down. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so interesting with that as well. It's like, oh, we're like a good 45, 50 minutes into the movie. And we're still giving you like lighthearted character humor. Like the film doesn't really have much of a trajectory. <laughs> like it sort of is still sort of bumbling around until it's, final act and i think that's quite quite unique i guess yeah i do like that you said it's like a really good mix of a hangout movie and a ghost story and it it's not something you would really think would go together that well um no you know, hangout yeah. movies are more you know really just like dumb comedies that you know they have their place but it just it works really well. I like hanging out with them. I want to hang out with them. I, again, like I wouldn't be mad about like a TV series of them hanging out just yeah, working sure. working shit jobs. <laughs> and like I think little... it's... sorry, Sean, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. More interesting than what I was going to say. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no, I I think it does, and it's it's a real fine balance, and I think Ty West nails it in a way that like we we get a lot more movies like this now you know we get a lot more sort of independent um you know fresh filmmakers making their like horror movie that's sort of very niche and has no budget and it's sort of real cute um a lot of them end up on shudder and other sort of streaming services because it's there there are streaming services now you know so mm -hmm. people can make things for cheaper and i what i think everybody sort of gets wrong is like there'll be too it'll be too much of a comedy film and there isn't enough horror or like i said before it'll be this like real sort of like we're gonna go real weird and really surreal with it and there's not much plot and i think what ty west sort of sort of handles really expertly is you get the humor you get a lot of suspense and a lot of dread and you get just enough story to keep you interested you do get sort of um I, i've forgotten the name of the what's the name of the ghost the main ghost Madeline, uh, O'Malley. Madeline O'Malley. Madeline O'Malley. Yeah, you get that narrative that keeps you gripped throughout. And I think a lot of sort of more modern versions of this type of filmmaking sort of will give you one and a half and you'll miss the other elements. It doesn't have that balance. And I think this one does it really, really well. And it just shows Ty West's skills as a filmmaker. Mm, yeah. And he's so good with actors, too. Like, I mean, just the stuff he's able to get out of performances. I mean, has Britney Snow ever been better than she was in X? Ever. Oh, <laughs> she is phenomenal in that movie. I was like, fuck, Britney Snow is a movie star in this film, you know? And she's so uh, sort of unapologetic and charming. 
another person that you know they get killed i'm like i would have watched a whole tv series about their adventures (laughs) yes absolutely well it just goes to show you like you could have a million really good at writing characters (laughs) if yeah if you don't like the people you're watching you're never gonna you don't sometimes you just won't care for the movie like or it won't hit in the same direct in the same it won't hit in the same way as when you do when you love a character like x is brilliant because you like the characters you're watching it and like yes pearl is a is a fantastic villain but like she wouldn't be as bad if we didn't love the people she was killing <laughs> like and it's just it goes to the power of like you know having a good script and having it directed well and characters that are lovable i was reading a thing as like he almost because sarah you know we talked about her goofy scream he almost recast her because she couldn't scream well and like could you imagine like i think that's one of the movie's like biggest strengths is sarah paxton's goofy performance and her like awkward screaming whereas if they had just had like a basic like girl that would just you know typical horror heroine um, I don't think it would have worked as well. This movie wouldn't, I don't think I would be talking about it right now. Agreed. It it's what I remember that. from the film. It's what mm-hmm. I remember. You know, having not watched it for a minute, I was like, what do I remember? And it's Sarah Paxson struggling to take out the trash. It's Sarah <laughs> Paxson screaming ridiculously when she gets startled by someone. And, and, and it's the tragic ending. Like, that's what I remembered from this film. And so much of the stuff in the middle like the scares and the suspense i was like oh yeah this is brilliant but her performance i think is the mvp of this film for sure oh by far by far uh speaking of sarah paxton when the last house on the left remake came out i went to the i I think i had just gone to therapy or something and a lot of times after i went to there at that point in time after i went to therapy it was like an hour hour drive away or something and uh, i would stop and go to the movies on the way home to decompress and so, like, I'd gone to therapy and, like, went to decompress and watched Last House on the Left. And I was in the theater by myself. And so I'm just sitting there. And then there's, like, that rape scene that goes on for forever. And I'm just like, this is weird. Oh, poor Sarah Paxton. I quite like that remake, though. I think it's pretty good. I think it's better than the original, honestly. Well, it's more palatable, I think. Because I it adheres to sort of uh cinematic and directorial tropes i guess or a style that we are more comfortable watching whereas you know that that original is like you know Wes craven kind of hadn't really directed anything didn't know what he was doing and so it just it's incredibly jarring so i think it's it's much easier to watch and it's objectively i guess a better made film um and i guess is more entertaining i guess despite the subject matter. Uh, yeah i was like i don't know i think that like, as far as uh rape scenes and stuff i think that's like one of the i i have a harder time watching the last house on the left remake than like i spit on your grave and stuff like it's rough again credit to sarah paxton's performance um i hate that she's like never made it big because i feel like she could have been like a really big i mean at least a a huge screen queen but also she's very good at comedy but i feel like after like around this she just kind of dropped off it's interesting as well because she'll always pop she'll always pop up in stuff like she was one of those um one of the kind of like 
actors like that i that i love that you never see in anything and then popped up in like the 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 twin peaks the return and then apparently she does like (laughs) she does the voice of um she does the voice of the nursing video in barbarian i'm like oh (laughs) i that's what it was i uh, thank you i'm god bless you i (laughs) i was watching this and i was like god sarah paxton literally just did something recently that i like uh, that was so bizarre and i was like oh um and i couldn't remember what it was thank you barbarian But it is it is the beauty of of horror movies. I think that you know it's it's one of, I guess you know superhero movies have their insane fans. But like there's there's a real there's a real love with the horror genre that like if you were like you know you had two lines in a Friday the Thirteenth movie like you can have somewhat of a career as an actor in horror for the rest of even your life. Even if you weren't yeah. like, even if you weren't acting, you could have like two lines in a Friday the Thirteenth movie and make a killing on the convention circuit for the rest, yes. rest of your life. You're going to have fans. You're going to have people that are like, you are my favorite character. And I, I don't think that really exists in many other genres. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think, you know, maybe sci-fi, maybe, you know, but you're not, you're not getting yes. that in a drama or a, a comedy as much as you do within, uh, within yeah, the you're horror not, You're not getting Julia Roberts doing the, <laughs> doing the uh, convention circuit signing things like, oh <laughs> i loved you so much in closer i mean i i well would, I, but... <laughs> I i doubt i doubt i doubt julia roberts needs to <laughs> no but <laughs> it's just not the same i i love the horror community so much oh yeah oh i forgot to say you know how you were talking about how stuff's changed from the internet you know like, we're like mm-hmm. don't talk to people and they're like yeah find us and like don't get into cars <laughs> and like recently two times i took an uber somewhere and i was talking to my mom and she was like oh somebody just got murdered don't do that don't take ubers <laughs> and then just literally like two days ago she was like so uh, can people talk to you on your podcast and i was like uh n- no why she was like oh somebody just got murdered and this guy was from uh i don't even remember like states away from some podcast and was stalking the woman and like literally murdered them and she was like all worried and i was just like mom that is the exception not the rule everything is on the internet now it's fine <laughs> well that was get... that what that was going to be my next step you know that was the the master plan after after appearing on yeah on you're the podcast. Kind of fly from london to yeah. indiana yeah sorry yeah i'm in indiana if anybody wants to offer yeah uh, <laughs> really uh really uh really expensive murder really yes you know rather costly <laughs> Although technically we wouldn't have you on record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he 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 admitted to it. You could listen if to this. If I episode. get murdered, Joshua talks. Better have an alibi. It was <laughs> it was me, guys. <laughs> In the ballroom with the lead pipe. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> also, we'll find any excuse to talk about Clue. Sorry. Um, yes, uh, you, you Americans love Clue. Oh, you don't like it? It's not that I don't like it. I don't know. I didn't really know it existed until starting to listen to podcasts and listening to Joe and Trace on Horror Quiz talk about it, listening to, you know, other other horror podcasts that I listen to. It's like, oh, I'll watch it. And then I watched it and I was like, okay, cool. But it's, it's I don't know, dare I speak these words aloud? It's, it's American that, humor. <laughs> it, no, 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 no. Because I love, I love a lot of American humor. But it's, 
it's there's just a style to that humor that i find a bit exhausting um and i I guess exhausting but (laughs) yeah i I didn't grow up watching it and so i don't have that nostalgia and seeing it for the first time i was like this is good but i i can't i can't watch this anymore (laughs) speaking of joe and trace's episode on that like i won't usually listen to podcast episodes more than once because i mean like why would you but i have listened to that one several times just because i thought it was so funny (laughs) i can't even remember who their guest was on it i was like they're wonderful i love how much it like made me want to go watch clue again well it's one of those things where like when you're talking about a comedy with a friend it's almost funnier to listen to that than it is to watch the movie like the actual comedy (laughs) you know like but anyway, that's just me, and I'm probably going to get a load of hate for that. But it's just not something that I ever grew up connecting to. So. I didn't grow up with it either. Like, I did not see it until I was at least a teenager, um, like late teens. Um, but I don't but know. But that's I, still young. That's still young. True. Uh, it is. It's We're still young. We are. Just yes. throwing that out there. We're not. <laughs> we're, not we're, we're, we're young. <laughs> Josh, you're a little. We are, yeah. I we guess. Are. <laughs> really, really, just not not committing to that at all. Yeah, we are. Say. Yeah, fine. Sure. <laughs> now that I'm in my thirties, I can hold my drink. Um, oh, sorry. God. I, <laughs> sorry. That was a Bridget I, Jones quote in a very bad accent. <laughs> I know my accent. Uh, speaking of my accent, I get uh, our. Um, other Sean, <laughs> uh, I was uh, talking about Donkey Punch um, with him, Sean, the other day, and I was talking about the "It's bigger than my flat line," and um, <laughs> anyway, we did another little like video thing of us both doing like the Leeds accent, and he was like, "Well, good news and bad news. Your British accent is t- well, not British because Britain is not a country." Uh, he's like, your English accent is terrible, but you do a really good Scottish accent. <laughs> and the last time I tried an English accent, he was like, well, not English, sounds Australian. So I was like, well, I guess once I find out which country goes to like, what I'm aiming for, where it actually lands, then I can get my accents right. Um, <laughs> accents are tough. Like you think you can do one and then you do it in front of someone that's from the place you're doing it. Right. And you're like, oh, no, now I feel like. What's so I'm funny is like the two accents. Rude. He was like, "You're actually pretty good at like the," because <laughs> one I was like, "Ooh, this is my Kira Knightley," and he was like, "Well, not Kira Knightley, but you sound Australian." And this I was like, "Okay, this is my Leeds England Leeds accent." And he was like, "Well, actually, it sounds Scottish," <laughs> and <laughs> Scottish and Australian are two things that I'm like, if I tried to do them, I couldn't. <laughs> well, now you know how to get into it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, aim for Leeds. I'll I'll get Scottish. <laughs> I'm like, I just need. To... <laughs> Maybe if I try Australian, I'll get British or English. Who knows? (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Anyway. Weird tangent. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, I think we're pretty much wrapped up with this. Uh, What are your final thoughts and what would you give this on a score of one to five? Uh, Joshua, since you're the guest, you can go first. Yeah, um, I would definitely recommend this film. I think it's really good. Um, I think it's very charming, very scary, very tragic. And it's sort of kind of one of its kind because of that performance from Sarah Paxton like we we spoke about. Um, So I really like it. I think it's great. Uh, I would give it uh, like a three and a half out of five. Mm -hmm. What about you, Sean? Uh, For me, I probably would give it... Uh, 
yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a four. Um, I think it's really good. Um, I like Sarah Pack, like you said, I like Sarah Paxson, and I actually like Kelly McGillis a lot in this. In this She's too. really good in it. And I think this was very much like kind of a this in Stakeland, where like her kind of reintroductions back into like Hollywood. Um, but it's I, I do wish it was a little bit more ambigu- ambiguous. <laughs> see it's my turn for it um (laughs) i do wish it was a little bit more ambiguous and i do think that um you know the like you said the ghosts look a little hokey but i do think this is a very good ghost story and i like the inherent sadness of it and just you know like watching these two people you know go about their lives and it just feels it feels realer than most ghost stories more yes. real i don't remember the english <laughs> english <laughs> yeah um i love this movie obviously i it's not perfect i think uh it's probably should be like maybe a four but i uh i, I would go a four and a half like it's not perfect ghosts are a tiny bit hokey i don't love the jump scare end but i mean that's like really the only nitpicks i have with this at all um i love the pace i love sarah performance the mood the vibes just all of it i think comes together and i just again this is one of my comfort comfort watches for me um but yeah i i I give it a four and a half just because i love it a lot even though it's not absolutely perfect but you know perfection who likes that um (laughs) yeah (laughs) this was made for 750k so uh, not even a million and only made 1.2 million so it wasn't exactly a runaway hit but didn't lose money probably i don't i don't think this had like a huge marketing campaign or anything no um do you guys want to guess what this average score is on letterboxd no um i would guess that it is uh between uh 50 and 60 okay sean what do you think or it's like 36 (laughs) (laughs) um i think this will be i don't know i'm going with my gut on this one it's between a three and a 3.1 three three it, you are right. It is a three star on Letterboxd. What? Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah. Wait. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I translate. I, 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 I converted it. I love <laughs> that none of none of you jumped in while I was giving percentages. They're just being like, who's this weird Brit that can't do numbers? <laughs> no, I just thought no, it was funny because I, 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 I know you have a letterbox, so that's why I thought it was funny. That is so funny. I obviously just missed the letterbox bit and just assumed Rotten Tomatoes. Now I want to see what it is on Rotten Tomatoes, though. So it's, oh. it's, it's three on Letterboxd. Oh, right? yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is horrible. <laughs> About, <laughs> I have no idea what it would be on that. Um, let me look. I'm looking up to. Oh, why doesn't it say this on IMDb? The Metascore is 64. It's IMDb is five and a half out of ten. It doesn't say the Rotten Tomatoes in here. Oh, okay. So it's 79% oh. on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. That is good. Uh, but the audience score is 42%. So you can tell this is one that like, yes. critics prefer 
that more than sort of mainstream audiences who probably find mm. it boring yes <laughs> yeah i i get it it's sad but i get it <laughs> uh um so uh, what is you mentioned your film that's going to be hitting the festival circuit later what um what's that about and what else do you have going on where can people find you yeah, uh, you guys can find me. You're like, what is yeah, that? Yeah, what, what, what is a film? <laughs> what, what's a movie? Can you, can you help us? We're all having uh, such a great time with language today. Words. Like, <laughs> words are hard. What do this? What are these things called movies? <laughs> and why are you? What are you going to be doing in it? <laughs> um, so you can find me on twitter instagram and letterbox it's just my name at joshua tonks and then a little bit about the latent image it's uh independent queer horror thriller that we've just uh signed a distribution deal with cinephobia uh and so hopefully this coming year we'll be getting uh, a festival run we'll be getting um uh, dvd blu-ray a limited theatrical run so all the things are going to be happening i'm not sure when i'm not sure how big probably very small but equally very exciting um and the the, the latent image it's it's uh, a feature film based on a short that i shot uh in canada um that i uh, co-wrote uh co-produced and acted in and then uh the the feature film you know after many many a covid delay we finally got to shoot up in the lake district at the top of january 2022 yes last year and we had our you know sort of premiere screening of it at the soho horror fest uh, last year uh, which was incredible and it was lovely for people to finally see it uh, so yeah, it's it's sort of a uh, a cabin in the woods type thing. I play a writer who um, is working on a horror thriller um, and encounters a mysterious stranger one night that may or may not be a work of fiction, um, and it sort of deals with the sort of uh, sexual tension between them, the will they won't they, and sort of what what gay men do uh very frequently is <laughs> what do gay men do <laughs> well how <laughs> explain it explain how much, it for our listeners please <laughs> how much pe- how much peril they might put themselves in for sort of a uh, a sexual thrill shall we a say lot. <laughs> a lot a lot yes so that's that um and then there's a couple of projects uh more horror films that i've been uh working on this year which i you know are in in a state of either being filmed or in pre-production which is very exciting so yes a bit of a bit of a i need to get better at like explaining the things that i do that was a little bit rambly but that's basically what i've been up to so yeah i think that sounds really awesome is there um is there a way uh that the short is available anywhere there was but not anymore and i think it's because they want to focus on the feature and and get all that out uh once it is so but maybe you know it will be a bonus feature on the dvd perhaps that'd be really cool or it it will have another life somewhere uh once sort of the feature version gets its you know gets its full kind of kind of thing you know yeah queer horror is doing really well right now i'm making me happy yeah me too very happy um if you want to find uh our boring little socials who um you can find us pretty much everywhere we're on twitter together at triple m pod with three m's um you can also find us on instagram at triple m pod 
I myself am on Twitter at just happy to see you. Number two, letter C, letter U. Same on Letterboxd. Sean, you are on Twitter and Letterboxd at Murph the Smurf, M-U-R-P-H-T-H-E-S-M-U-R-P-H. And you can also find us on Facebook. We have a page, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies. We have a new Facebook group, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies and You. And if you want to email us anything, our email is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com. Really short and easy to remember. And uh, <laughs> Sean, what are we watching next week? Oh, so next week we are watching one of my favorite, favorite, favorite rom coms. We are watching My Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> I love that, like. <laughs> <laughs> up until this podcast you had never seen you've got mail or while you were sleeping but you're like my big fat greek wedding <laughs> uh, so and i'll get into it more on the episode but uh, i you know i was not a big fan of rom-coms for a long time i didn't time, i didn't and... know you felt that strongly about my big fat greek wedding until just now <laughs> i do i actually really love it and it's um, it took me by surprise sorry one of one of my best friends actually made me watch it and she was like you have to watch this like it's so funny and we watched it and this was this was like six years ago so it's not like it's been my favorite since it came out but like when i once it start it did start a little resurgence of rom-coms for me <laughs> yeah i can't even oh what year did that come out oh i don't want to think about it um <laughs> well i'll talk about it later you'll yes. hurt me then Oof, yeah uh please don't forget to give us maybe a five star rate it helps in the algorithms so much and makes us feel really good um maybe even a review if you have time and don't forget to be kind to people because it's not very hard and life is so be kind and josh thank you so much for coming on for this i know i drafted you hardcore <laughs> like come talk about the innkeepers with us um i had a wonderful time and would love to have you back even if you don't want to but i would love it um well thank you so yes. much for having me it's been it's been lovely chatting to you both yes you it's been absolutely awesome and we would love to have you again and hopefully you get to pick the film this time clayton yes. let him pick a film <laughs> yeah it's 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 funny me me known known for my sort of like teen horror dumb and then uh <laughs> come and come and do a ghost story but it's been great it's been fab it's a good one to talk about <laughs> yes anyway until next time bye everyone bye